Missing God's boat is what I wanted to speak about this morning for a few minutes. You know, because so often we can busy ourselves doing all sorts of stuff, can't we, that we actually miss the best that God has got for us. And that's what I want to consider. It, it's something that's been, been niggling at me for, for a while myself, for the last 12 months, being too busy um, and accomplishing little. You know? It, it, it happens like that, doesn't it? And um, so often the things that keep us so busy are things that are good. Like helping other folks, you know, doing good things. And it, seeking to share the gospel with others. Offering and providing hospitality. There's lots of things that keep us so busy, so busy that we miss that which is the best. These things are good and right, and yet so easily we can be distracted for the thing that is most important of all, our friendship with Jesus. I was reading my Bible only this, only the other day, and it, it, it led me into Psalm 73. What a wonderful psalm. We had it at the beginning of our worship together. And it says this, it is good for me, it is good for me to draw near to God. It's good to draw near to Him. And yet, I often, I often fail to do it because I haven't got the time. I haven't got the time. And what it is. And it's Jesus, isn't it, in that story that the girls read for us. That he said to Martha, he said, look, Martha, one thing is needed. One thing. And Mary has chosen the better part. A lady called Libby Wilkinson, she said this, it's possible to choose the good and yet to miss the best. It's possible to choose the good, yet miss the best. You know, in our story, Jesus was approaching Jerusalem. And he, he, well, he'd know where to stay. He'd been talking to people and he'd been telling them that Foxes have, have, have dens and places where they can sleep, and birds, well, they have nests. But the Son of Man, where can he lay his head? Nowhere. He had no home. But you see, there was somewhere in the life of Jesus that every time he went to Jerusalem, and he did that quite often because lots of the feasts uh, took place there, he'd call at the home of his friends. Not in Jerusalem itself, at a little tiny village just outside Jerusalem called Bethany. And there, some very good friends of Jesus lived and he'd known them for ever such a long while. And, and he often called to see them. 
And he called, and every time he called, he knew that there would be a welcome for him. He knew that they'd be pleased to see him. They knew that there he wouldn't they wouldn't always be badgering him about things. That there he would be able to relax in their friendship and enjoy their love. You know? It didn't happen very often in Jesus, because everywhere Jesus went, they were badgering him to tell him things and to heal people and do all sorts of wonderful but there he could relax and be at home and enjoy the love and the friendship of Mary, of Martha, and of Lazarus, the brother. And on this particular occasion, well, they were going to, to Jerusalem. And Jesus, well, of course, he had quite a few people. His disciples were in, so there'd be about 12 of them, or there'd be more. And he, he, he probably, well, he's probably said, well, call and see Mary and Martha. Martha well, go to Martha's home. Always be a welcome there. And it, it, and it sounds, doesn't it, like he, he, he must have sent ahead to let them know because, of course, we read that they're busy. Martha and Mary, extremely busy, you see, because Jesus was coming. It wasn't just anybody. It was, it was Jesus. Jesus, the Savior of the world, God's Son. He was coming to their house. Oh, Martha had everything just right. It had not, not only just right, things had to be perfect. Because after all, it wasn't just anybody that was coming. God's Messiah was going to stay with them. So the place had to be tidy, it had to be right, it had to be just so. And the meal, oh, it had to be something extra special. And so they set about working. And the knock comes to the door and Jesus has arrived. And, and, and Martha, of course, being the eldest, Go open the door and she welcomes Jesus. Oh, come in, Jesus. Come on in. You're so, we're so pleased to see you. Come on, sit down. Take, your, take the weight off for a while. Do you want a cup of tea? You know? And, and, and oh yeah, I, I love one of them, Martha. Okay, get your cup of tea. Now you'll have to excuse me, because we're really busy, because you see, the dinner's on, and we mustn't let it burn out like that. So much work to do. You'll have to ex- and off she dashed and she's, she's, she's working away in the kitchen. They can hear her. And, and uh, well, Martha, Martha's getting a bit concerned because, you see, she's got so many things to do. Only one pair of hands. Where, where on earth's Martha? Where, where on earth's Mary? Mary, Mary, Mary's not, Mary. Where's Mary? And she goes to the, the door and there she is. She's sitting at Jesus' feet. Whoa, hey, hope. She should be helping me. Goes back into the kitchen. Perhaps, perhaps, perhaps Mary hasn't heard. So she starts banging things about. You know, that maybe she'll understand that I need some help. Bang, bang, crash, wallop. Things, things getting. You know, and she's getting more and more irate. You see, because she, uh, everything's coming to boil all at once. She doesn't know what to. Oh, you see, what's she going to do? Turns things down. Goes into the room. Says, Jesus, Jesus. She's going to have to do so much about this, Jesus. I'm so busy. I don't know whether I'm coming or going. And, and where's it? Well, I need some help. And where's Mary? Look at her. Tell her to help me. Come on, I, I can't do it all on my own. She were ever so busy. 
she was getting ever so wound up and upset because she didn't have enough help and dinner were getting close to being ready. How were it going to happen? How could she manage on her own? She couldn't. So when she goes, says to Jesus, you know, I need some help. Can't manage on my own. And here's, here's my sister, skiving, sitting at your feet, listening to what you've got to say, while I do all this on my own. It can't be right, can it? Tell her to give me a lift. Not unreasonable, is it? No. Jesus said to her. You can see Jesus, can't you? Smiling at her and saying, Hey, Martha. Martha. Hey, you work so hard. And yet, you know, there's only one thing you need. Take the weight off. Sit a spell. Listen to what I've got to say. Listen to what I've got to say. You know, there's a time for working, isn't there? A time for listening. Martha would have loved to have sit and listen to what Jesus had to say. Oh, she'd love to draw closer to him, to enjoy the friendship that they had. But oh, she was so busy that you know the meal had spoiled. And she wanted to do something really, really special for Jesus. She wanted to give him something that wasn't just any old thing, but it had to be the very best. You know, the best she could do. Nothing else were good enough for her Lord. Martha. Martha. Take it easy. It's all right. It's all right. You're so worried. So distracted by other things. It'll keep. Come. Listen. You know, so distracted she was. How? Well, by doing her very best to provide something very special for the one that she loved. You see... The very thing that she sought to do for him kept her away from him. It took her from out of his presence where she longed to be. How easy it happens, doesn't it? To each and every one of us, we long to do things the very best that we can for our Saviour and our Lord and it takes us from out of his presence. So easily, like Martha, are distracted from him. Special for you know, it's not. The activity of Martha wasn't out of place. It was just out of proportion. 
That's all. There's a time for activity. There's a time to be with him. Jesus went away so often on his own. He had much to do for God. But it was important that he spent time with his father. And he got up early and went to pray on the hills and spent hours and hours in the presence of his father alone in order that he was able to accomplish that which he came to do. See, God has wonderful things for us to do. But we can accomplish none of it if we don't spend time in his presence. The more we have to do, the longer we need to spend in his presence. John Wesley often writes in his journals that he got up at four o'clock in the morning and before to pray because his day was so full. You know, it's, and yet, so often, it's true, isn't it, that um, we can so easily be distracted by the things that we do and seek to do for him that real quality time with God we fail to spend. Sometimes I think that when you know for myself I, uh, I'll be preparing one thing and then doing it and preparing the next thing and doing it and all I'm, I'm doing is preparing what I'm doing and then taking it somewhere. And the relationship with God surrounds what I'm seeking to do for him. But what about the time to spend with Jesus just because he's Jesus? Don't exist sometimes. It gets pushed on one side. Why? Too busy. In that case, you're too busy. Yeah? Isn't that right? So often we say it, if we're too busy to spend time with Jesus, we're too busy. And it comes off the tongue so easily, doesn't it? And yet it's so difficult to put into practice. Jesus said to her, Martha, Martha, you only need one thing. Don't go, there's no need to go to all this trouble. Something simple would do, come spend, spend time with me. Or was he saying, Martha, I really appreciate all that you're doing for me. I know it's because you really love me. But Martha, you've allowed your work to distract you from what's really important, spending time with me, enjoying the friendship that we have. I'd rather have your fellowship and your friendship than your service. You see... Mary, she recognised the importance of meeting with Jesus. No doubt she too had been busy before Jesus arrived. But when Jesus arrived, well, everything stopped for Mary while she enjoyed the presence of her Saviour. You know, it's often I think we need the hands of Martha and the heart of Mary. To get the 
kind of the right balance in our lives, don't you? Have there been times in this past week when you too have found that you have been so concerned and worried about things, so busy with other stuff that you've been distracted from that which is needed? Good stuff, but the good, we've chose the good and neglected that which is the best. You know, I found a story about times. Let me just read it to you. I'll finish with this. Yeah, stay, stay good. I'll, but I'll have to, I'll have to read it because I, I didn't get a chance to get it all off. He sits by himself at a table for two and a uniformed waiter appears by his side. Would you like to go ahead and order now, sir? After all, it's seven o'clock and you've been waiting for almost half an hour. No, thank you. Not just yet, said the man with a smile. I'll wait a little longer. How about if you bring me another cup of coffee? Certainly, sir. The man sits, his deep brown eyes gazing through the flowered centrepiece. He fingers his napkin, allowing the sounds of light chatter and tinkling silverware, the mellow music to fill his mind. Dressed in a sports coat and tie, with dark brown hair neatly combed, he projects a clean cut and welcoming image. Yet you get the sense he wants his companion to feel important, respected, loved. Yet he's not so formless to make you feel uncomfortable in his presence. having taken every precaution to make others feel at ease with him. Still, he sits alone. The waiter returns with his cup of coffee. Is there anything else I can get you, sir? No, thank you. The the waiter stands there for a moment, something bugging him. Curiosity gets the better of him. I don't mean to pry, sir, but... um, well, he doesn't want it to carry on because he might not get his tip, you know. But go ahead, encourages the man. His voice strong yet sensitive, inviting further conversation. Why? Do you, why? Tell me, why do you bother waiting for her? I mean. I've been alone in this restaurant for three nights this week. Yeah. Well, because she needs me. Are you sure, sir? Oh, yes. Well, sir, no offence. But she's not acting like it now, is she? Surely... If if she knew you loved her, she'd be here. And as I say, three nights this week you've been and she she hasn't arrived. Yes, I know, said the man. Then why do you still come? Why, why do you still wait? Well, Cassie said she'd be here. She said that before. I won't put up with it. Why do you? And the man looked at the waiter and smiled and said, Because I love her. 
the way to walk away. Wondering how anyone could love a girl who stands him up three times in one week. He must be crazy. From across the room he turns to Luke and the man is there pouring cream into his coffee. He stirs it with a spoon. And after staring around, he has a drink. And the waiter thought, he don't really look crazy. And turns to wait upon another table. The clock says 9.30, and the waiter returns to the man's table. Still no one in the empty chair. I think that'll be all for tonight. Could I have the bill, please? Yes, sir. The waiter leaves and gets the bill, gives it to the man who takes his wallet out, and is enough money there to have given Cassie a really wonderful meal, a feast even. But he takes out only enough to pay for his five coffees and leave a tip. Cassie's on his mind as he gets up. Crying inside that she once more she hasn't appeared. Goodbye, said the waiter. Yeah, good night and thank you for your service. You're welcome, sir, said the waiter. And he sees that the hurt in the man's eyes that even his smile doesn't hide. The man passes a a young couple laughing together, enjoying each other's company. And his eyes glisten as he thinks of the good time he might have had with Cassie, had she been able to make it. As he steps to the front, to the, to the door, he makes a reservation for the following evening, table for two. Maybe Cassie will make it tomorrow, he thinks. Seven o'clock tomorrow, a party of two. Thank you, sir. That's fine. See you tomorrow. Do you think she'll come? Said the woman on the desk. Don't, I don't mean to be rude, but I've watched you so many times there at your table waiting. Someday she'll come, yes. And when she does, I'll be waiting for her. The man buttons his overcoat and walks out of the restaurant alone his shoulders hunched against the cold. About the time that the man steers his car out to the restaurant parking, the restaurant parking, at car park, Cassie falls into bed, tired after an evening out with friends, reaches towards her nightstand to set the alarm. Oh, goodness me, she says aloud, as she sees the note, she scribbled to herself the previous night. Seven o'clock. And what did I write here? Oh, yeah. To spend some time in prayer. Oh, I'll do it tomorrow. Besides, I needed to spend some time with my friends tonight. And now I need my sleep. Tomorrow will be fine. Jesus will forgive. Sure he doesn't mind. Sure he doesn't mind. You know, each and every one of us 
to each and every one of us. It's extended an invitation to meet with the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. He'll be there. Will you? Let us make sure that no matter how busy we might be or think we might be, look to spend some time with Jesus today and every day in order that we might seek to live for him in the days to come. You see, for without him, we can do nothing. Let's pray. Almighty Father, we do indeed praise and thank you that you are a wonderful God and that in so many ways you do understand us. So many ways you often make allowances for us. So often, gracious Lord, you are there and we fail to turn up. Spend time with you. So often, Father, we we try to kid ourselves that we are busy about the things that you would have us do. We fail to meet with you. We fail to enjoy your presence, your blessing. We fail to to get to know you better, Lord, because we're too busy. Forgive us. And we pray, gracious Father, that you will grant us that strength and that resolve and uh, to meet with you above all else each day. Because, gracious Father, it is more important for you and for us to meet together than anything else. And so, gracious Lord, we pray you will grant each and every one of us that desire to constantly be and live and work in your presence. So we ask it in the name of Jesus, who makes all these things possible. Amen.